Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way, as an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today is someone who comes to us from Arlington, Virginia. She is one Emily Henry. Emily is a singer-songwriter and manager at a children's bookstore. What is Emily currently working on creatively or inspiring her at the moment, you might be wondering? You might be pleasantly surprised and intrigued by her foray into the world of electronic pop music. I will drop a link in the show notes to check out her website. In terms of her favorite sport and activity, Emily loves to read science fiction as well as fantasy books. Emily's favorite TV shows to watch or stream right now include Killing Eve, Good Omens, Black Sails, and The Good Place. We asked for fun if she has any pet peeves, and she responded with, quote, people who don't use their turn signal. Emily, I completely agree with you. For our conversation today, Emily has chosen Patty Griffin's second album titled Flaming Red, which was released by A&M Records on June 23rd of 1998. Flaming Red was recorded in East Iris Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, October Studios in New York, Tragedy Tragedy back in Nashville, as well as Woodland Studios in, again, Nashville, Tennessee. Jay Joyce uh, played a heavy role on this record. He produced, he mixed, as well as mastered, and there were other uh, engineers that were also part of the process for this record. Uh, in terms of any guest performers on the album, uh, you might want to know that uh, Emmy Lou Harris and Buddy Miller contributed some absolutely stellar guest vocals. Without further ado, let's get to know Emily Henry and Patty Griffin's second record, Flaming Red. Emily, thanks so much for being on the program today. I'm really glad we could get a conversation going about Patty Griffin. Yes, thank you for having me, Matt. All right, uh, let's just jump right in, shall we? Uh, what compelled you to choose this particular album from Patty Griffin? Um, well, when you approached me asking about an album that has inspired me or changed my life, I um, I, I started thinking about what I played the most uh, when I heard it for the first time, and uh, Flaming Red is probably my most played album, um, even of Patty Griffin's, which all of them are. Uh, get a lot of heavy play on my iTunes, um, which is almost a dated reference. I hear iTunes is on the way out. Oh, is it really? Wow. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been subsumed into Apple. Is that, is that I, what's happened? I think they're tr- trying to make Apple music more of a thing. And so I guess uh, they're sunsetting iTunes. That's what I heard. But uh, I don't know what we're going to do without it. Uh, so a song from this album, Change, is uh, my most played song. And has been for years. And even when I get something new and listen to it nonstop, which when I, when I find something I like, that's what I do. I listen to it until I'm sick of it. Um, but nothing has ever unseated change by Patty Griffin from this album. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah. Change. Uh, we could talk about uh, some tracks later. Um, you know, change has just kind of a really cool wobbling groove to it, you know, with, uh, vocals really up front and, you know, the occasional falsetto, I believe on that particular song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different vocal tones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, you know, kind of mentioned from the top that there were a couple of uh, guest performers, um, mm-hmm. Buddy, Buddy Miller, as well as Emmy Lou Harris. 
do you happen to know, or can you tell our listeners um, where they contributed guest vocals? Well, I know that Emmylou Harris sings background uh, and harmonies on um, the song Mary. Uh, and I honestly couldn't tell you where Buddy Miller, who I think is joined by his wife at the time, Julie Miller, um, I couldn't tell you where they are. Uh, they might just sort of be mixed in there. But uh, Emmy Lou is extremely noticeable in Mary. You can hear her. Yeah. Characteristic vibrato. Yeah. Uh, can you describe for our listeners where you were when you first came upon Flaming Red? Uh, do you have, is there like sort of a, uh, like a, a record store where you heard the album for the first time? Uh, were you introduced to it by a friend, family member? Um, what, what's the story behind discovering this record? Well, I actually was in a recording studio. Um, I was uh, talking with a local producer, Dave McKittrick, about um, potentially doing an album uh, when I was, I want to say 14 or 15. Um, and I was talking to a few people at that time and uh, that early project never really materialized. But um, one of the things that he did was put on, uh, I think the title song, Flaming Red, as a reference track. And he said, now, who do you think sang this? And I had already heard Patty Griffin. I was like 30% sure it was Patty Griffin. It really, it sounds so different. She sounds so different on this album. And I guessed her and I <laughs> happened to be right, but I, I was really stunned because I had never heard before um, an artist change tactics uh, so drastically. I'd never heard such a big genre shift, I guess. Um, this one being from sort of a, a more downbeat, uh, folk vibe to rock, just basically folk rock. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, that was something that, that really struck me when I was doing my research on this record of how, yeah, she just would kind of twist and, and, and turn inside and out of, of various, uh, various genres. And it sounds so effortless, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She's amazing. She, I think she won a Grammy for a gospel album in the last few years, which just, she can just, you know, do anything basically, anything she wants. And I've, I had all, I had admired her before as a singer, as a songwriter. And at that moment I was just like, Oh my gosh, anything is possible. You know, it, it was wonderful. To hear. Yeah. We're talking with my friend Emily Henry right now on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. And um, Emily, you know, you mentioned uh, change, you know, from the top here as to one of your favorite tracks. Uh, do you have any other favorite tracks on this album? And if so, um, how do you how do you relate to them? Um, yeah, change is definitely the favorite big time. Um, Carry Me number six mm -hmm. on the album and uh blue sky are probably my other two favorites um the thing they all have in common is that they're all the poppiest ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and i i don't know i think the the way i related to them when i first heard them and how they still strike me is just sort of a vibe they all have um mo most of her music has a sort of wistful vibe um and I really love pop music that still has that sort of wistful one thing, another thing, not quite either one, sort of that uh, liminal vibe. And uh, her music totally fits that bill, those yeah. tracks in particular. 
change, you know, it just has this, you know, really wobbling groove. The vocals are up front with, you know, an occasional falsetto. Um, I noticed the presence, I thought I heard this correctly, of uh, utilization of a talk box, you know, kind of a la Peter Frampton, which I thought was just a really just nice nice little touch in there, you know, just really completely unexpected. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, in, in this particular track, there seems to be, you know, just grappling with a sense of losing oneself and, you know, possibly recounting an, you know, a, a, an argument for maybe an ex lover, maybe a friend, but, um, but it's definitely a, a powerful song. It is. And it's funny listening to it again as an adult, um, I have completely different ears for the lyrics. You know, when I was 14, 15, I was not relating to change in terms of like a crumbling relationship or a relationship that sort of unselfs you um, the way change describes, you know, you're changing for the other person. I, I had no idea what that was talking about. <laughs> um, I just liked the vibe. I just liked how it sounded. Um, and now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, so true. Wow, it happens like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was very different years. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking with my friend Emily Henry right now on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarkin. Uh, another one of Emily's favorite tracks on this record by Patty Griffin entitled Flaming Red. Uh, you mentioned Carry Me. And uh, mm-hmm. some of the lyrics that really, uh, you know, just struck me as well i mean you know from the top too i mean it's definitely got a 1980s kind of like synthed out kind of vibe to it uh one of the lyrics that you know that really caught me off guard was maybe it's world war one maybe it's world war three maybe it's vietnam maybe we're on tv you know she's she's really hammering home some you know just some really heavy topics right here you know of, you know, different conflicts around the world, you know, being widely broadcast on, on different mediums like television, you know, potentially inform this kind of song. Yeah. And the way music goes out over the radio, carry me over the ocean, you know, mm. and um, I love that too. Uh, she's so, she's so light on her feet lyrically. I love hearing her twist a phrase. Absolutely. Uh, you know, also I kind of th- thought too that you know this this particular song wouldn't have felt out of place on anything that Fleetwood Mac you know had you know put out Ooh. around that time period too I just got oh I so agree I love that yeah. I didn't I haven't ever matched that up but that's absolutely yeah. right like sort of awesome. tango in the night Fleetwood Mac era if that makes <laughs> sense. yeah if that's yeah if that's if that's close uh cool. yeah you, you also mentioned blue sky and uh the one thing I've, I've gotten big bold letters on my little crib sheet here is there's just a real sense of fragile optimism uh, mm, yeah, yeah it is very delicate yeah are there are there any lyrics that stand out for you on this particular track it's it's a it's got some gorgeous pop hooks throughout yeah i love actually um toward the end the sort of it's not exactly a bridge um be my singing lesson, be my song. Ah, I really, yeah, really yeah. love that. Um, you tell me I'm falling. Uh, I tell you I'm falling. You tell me I'm strong. I love it. It's so great. Yeah, it's great. It's romantic yeah. and yeah. it's a musical metaphor, which is my favorite. You know, yeah. it always gets me. And so. Absolutely. Um, are there any other tracks you'd like to talk about? I've got, I've got notes yes. galore. Okay. <laughs> so. There are. All right. Absolutely. I am. Um, there are some songs that I really love, but don't listen to very often uh, because uh, there's a lot of feelings in the song, <laughs> uh, and I'm not always up for that. Uh, yeah. Tony being the biggest one yes. in the yeah. on the album. Tony is so good; it is so heavy. I 
re-listening um, oh, yeah. in anticipation of this episode, I got goosebumps and tears came to my eyes, even though I, I've, you know, I know the whole song, I, but just, it's, it's a lot. It's really, really good. Yeah. It gets into issues that, you know, seem to be ubiquitous in popular culture these days and just, um, you know, just our everyday societal framework. There's, there's a lot of discussion about bullying. There's discussion about what, you know, what appears to be uh, a, a local suicide that, that, Patty is reacting mm-hmm. to in the local newspaper. It seems to be oriented, you know, towards the LGBTQ community. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think it's a true story of a high school classmate of hers. Um, yeah, who was gay and bullied and took his own life. And mm-hmm. she wrote this song before that was, you know, a national headline. Which, uh, for better or for worse, it's in the headlines now. It's good because, of course, attention should be brought to that issue um for worth being that it that it happens still you know mm-hmm. and it's and it's so real and you know she she talks about in the song about having been sitting sitting right behind him in school every day and never knowing that he was going through that hmm. until it was too late yeah and that's just heartbreaking absolutely so I love that song, but I, I don't uh, I don't press play on it very often. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, that's that's um, yeah. Tony is uh, is track three on Patty Griffin's Flaming Red. Uh, the one right before it is uh, a really interesting song called One Big Love. It's got this sort of like quiet, cool, like kind of arpeggiated uh, acoustic track. It's you know combining that with like some really just clean sounding vocals. Um, I mean, my yeah. my impression was you know it seemed to, you know, take some cues, you know, from, I'd say Sheryl Crow's self-titled record, you know, from 1996, mm. like the idea of like that era of her career being introduced to, uh, some, you know, an artist from kind of the early nineties belly. Oh, I don't know. Belly. Yeah. Tanya, yeah, Tanya Donnelly is her, uh, the lead singer of a band called belly. There's just sort of a, so, some of the, some of the intonations that, Patty Griffin, you know, you know, has in her her her, her vocal repertoire um, took me back to some of Belly's early records, and I just thought of Cheryl Crow like being introduced to Belly or something like that, and Patty Griffin coming up with this song. It was just just a really really cool song, and it has a little bit of kind of an Indian influence in there. Like she's sort of finding ways of taking that you know that acoustic guitar and kind of almost mimicking a, a, a sitar like feel to it, if you will. I, yeah, I wonder. Now that you say that, I wonder what the tuning was while she was playing. Yeah, maybe a drop um, drop D perhaps or something. Yeah, I uh, her voice too. It's even more so than a lot of the songs on the album. Sometimes she'll hit this sort of um, like little girl intonation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sort of smaller and more precise mm-hmm. pronunciation. And one big love is completely sung in that voice the whole song. And it's it's really it's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, like one section of change is in that voice, but the whole four minute song. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's just so. What's the word I'm looking for? Acrobatic. Yeah. <laughs> this album, yeah. the way she uses her voice, really liberating and cool. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, just in the context of her other work, it's so different. She never writes songs like that anymore. <laughs> so, you know, songs that are like fun and optimistic. <laughs> they're like, they're all more complicated, and you know the the heavier, quieter songs um, like Tony are more indicative of what she writes later. Um, 
not always in terms of genre, she kind of bounces around, but in terms of content. Um, And so I love the rare song, like One Big Love, that's super different, but she totally pulls it off anyway. Definitely. Uh, I mean, we can contrast that, you know, with the, uh, the opening track, and title track flaming red right out of the gate i mean this song is a rocker it's got a little bit of it's got a little bit of punk rock spirit with some really nice gritty distorted guitars and and some harmonica um it just yeah i love it brilliant song yeah it's so great and she i love at the end um she just sings flaming red over and over and over you can hear her sucking in breath to keep going yeah (laughs) Going, going, going. I love it. Yeah. There's there's sort of like a news report feed at the end of that st- that song right there. And, you know, there's sort of this this statement as well. It's a little distorted too, like the guitars of, you know, she's just getting started, you know. It's kind of like a like like a newspaper, mm. you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A journalist chronicling her <laughs> career. <laughs> it's great. And I it's funny when I was looking up the details of uh, how this album was made and everything, um, before the episode, uh, I was seeing all these reviews, contemporary reviews that were like, what is, what is folk artist Patty Griffin doing with all these rock guitars? And you know, <laughs> what's going on here? Did she really think that she can right. <laughs> change numbers like this? And yeah. I, I think the answer is yes, she did do that. Yeah. Th- that's a good segue into another track on this record that uh, follows right after change. We go from Tony to change and then goodbye. You talked about rock guitars. There's a really mm. just that sweet chime of an unmistakable Rickenbacker guitar that opens this track combined with some pedal steel. That's just, and some whispering vocals that really, um, that, that, that got the juices flowing for me. That was just a really, just an unexpected little twist on this record after hearing the arpeggiated grooves of, of, uh, of, uh, excuse me, uh, one big love and, and Tony and flaming red and, and whatnot. Yeah. Really cool song. There's a few whiplash moments in this album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some melodic guy I think makes an appearance too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much going on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of melodica, we also have Christina. Yeah. Very keyboard and drum based. What say you? I that song. It always sort of trips me up. The tempo trips me up. I. It's um. It's a very slow song compared to a lot of the other tracks, which. I do this weird brain thing when I listen to this album because I know all her other music where I'm trying to hear what it must have been like when she wrote it with just her guitar. And I think without all the stuff, um, Christina, the tempo of Christina almost makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the stuff, I sort of, I expect a ramp up that doesn't come with Christina. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to listen to. Um, I love it. But yeah, it's um, it's in this weird place where I, I feel like there's a ghost of a folk song in there. Yeah, and you know, combining that with it, just a few lyrics that you know just you know st- stood out here, like you know, she she returns to the theme of, of of something being in flames. So she says or sings, "Diamonds on your cheeks have turned to flames." Yes. Yeah, I love that, and I love the sort of the making tears sound beautiful. You know, diamonds on your cheek. Yeah, and and somebody, yeah, and and somebody taking the time to, you know, sit at their desk and write a series of love letters to somebody they care about, and somebody's written a hundred love letters, and she's just simply stating that none of them are true. 
None of them are true. Yeah. Poor Christina Poor Christ- has never not dated a liar. Apparently, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> she she was really down on her luck for, yes. for a good long time. <laughs> Uh, so so next we have uh wiggly fingers and uh this just my most skipped track ah, this one is oozing with sexual overtones so we we could skip that as a, as a 14 15 year old i was like oh no thank you actually no <laughs> <laughs> i i have a little more appreciation for like the instrumentation now as i'm now that i'm older and i can sort of like i don't make like a yucky face when i hear the lyrics yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got kind of a sleazy sort of vibe to yeah. it. There's, you know, I, I think I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned Cheryl Crow meets Belly. This song reminded me of kind of like a leaving Las Vegas era Cheryl Crow meets the Georgia satellites. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> 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 I don't know why, but those were two artists that just popped oh, into my head, you know, that, oh, maybe, maybe yeah. somehow. Yeah, go, go ahead. I love her, but I, I hit it when that one comes up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also have big daddy that sound that sounds like an interesting segue from <laughs> another one that i don't totally understand gonna be honest i would love to hear the the story behind big daddy yeah. and i just don't know what it is yeah so, yeah i mean you've got these eerie listening to it i was trying to decipher it and i was like i don't i just don't know yeah eerie keyboards really sort of hushed throaty vocals i mean the idea of you know throwing the little fish back please throw the little fish back who's Who's the little fish, and and what did it do to the person who caught it? Oh, it's I. It's it creeps me out because I part of me is like, oh, it must be, it must mean a young woman, and I'm like, oh, please no, I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> I right. really hope not. Right. <laughs> uh, from from Big Daddy, we segged into we seg into um, go now, which is a really just kind of introspective and yearning kind of number yeah. and warm and sultry. Is that a, is yeah. that a song that you like or skip? Uh, I like it. I don't, um, I don't put it on by itself. You know, if I'm playing the whole album, mm-hmm. I won't skip it, mm-hmm. but I don't seek go now out. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's, there is a really cool redeemable lyric in there. I was waiting for a leap year and I got caught in the rain. That's just so, so <laughs> mysterious. I, I love that. Ah, great. Yeah. So there are, there are a series of female characters on this record. You know, we had Christina and we go to Mary. This song gave me, this Mary. song gave me the shivers. This I know, c- could I be know. one of my favorite tracks on this album. It's, um, it's amazing. I mean, I think it probably is the song off this album that has had the most life after it. Um, Cause she, I know she does it at a lot of her concerts um, differently, different production and, and when she takes the stage with Emmy Lou Harris, which is every now and again, Emmy Lou Harris and Buddy Miller are sort of lifelong friends of Patty Griffin. And so they do a lot of touring together. Um, and they, they sing Mary. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a killer. It's one of the first songs that I heard that showed me that you could do a transformative song. Uh, meaning this, the story obviously is the Bible's Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's from her perspective. It's uh, a narrative song about what she might have been thinking. Um, and I, I write a lot of transformative music um, that takes another source and sort of twists it or 
diffuse it from a different angle. And Mary was one of the first songs I heard uh, where I was like, oh, this is possible. Oh, wow, this is really well done. This is amazing. I love hearing this story you know so well from a totally different place. Um, yeah, so it, it really, um, it put a bug in my ear. I was like, yeah, I want to do this too. Yeah. Her imagery is just amazing. You know, it's, it's, you put, oh, and there's, you know, a lot of economy in her words too. She's, she's talking about Mary's, it relates to roses, ruins, treetops, you know, birds who can sing a million songs without any words. I mean, just, I mean, you said it. Yeah. She is an incredible lyricist. Yeah. I, I'm amazed by Patty Griffin. And you're right. Um, one of the things she's so good at is saying a ton in a very, short space. She's she's awesome at economy of words. We're talking with my friend Emily Henry here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, and uh, we are discussing Patty Griffin's Flaming Red. The closing track on this record is a song called Peter Pan. I love the recording of birds chirping in the backyard. Perhaps it's perhaps yeah. it's a chorus of these uh, these sparrows that that seem to be making an appearance in Go Now right before Mary. What do you, how do you feel about this track? I like it. Um, it's another, it's like, like go now. It's something I won't skip, but don't seek out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very complex. There's a lot of plucking violins and just these little drum rolls at the end. It's, it's definitely a builder. Um, I like the crescendo of piano as well, you know, giving away to these creatures in the night. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's funny. I think I feel like a lot of albums that I loved in the '90s have sort of the same thing going on, where the first half is stacked with amazing songs, your favorite songs, and then the middle has a few gems, and then the end has like one song that you love, and you never revisit the back half of the album again yeah. after the first you listens to it. You know, it's. Um, I felt that way about uh, No Doubt, Tragic Kingdom, also, which. I list was one of the first albums I ever listened to that wasn't my parents' music. Um, <laughs> and that the back half of that one too, I like don't even remember what half those songs are. So do you have one song on this record that inspires you or does the whole album on its face continue to inspire you and your work? I, so gonna have to, choose a third answer on that one, which is Patty Griffin <laughs> in general continues to inspire me. There are a couple songs on this, um, change carry me, especially, um, that I, I still listen to all the time. Um, but she in general, her songwriting, even if I know the song, every time I go back to her music, I learn something different. I notice something new. Uh, I think she has inspired my songwriting more than probably any writer. I think he's an Last but not least, I like to ask this question of every guest here on the program. And it goes like this. We live in a universe now where information and music can quickly be accessed in the palm of our hand or with a click of a few buttons. Even in the 21st century, artwork continues to remain a cornerstone with each newly released single or album. Uh, Emily, what is conjured up in your mind when you look at the album cover for Patty Griffin's Flaming Red? Well, she's got a lot of albums with beautiful, complicated covers. And this one is uh, a gradient picture of her face. And that is the whole cover. Um, it's got a really interesting font that I like. But it's I honestly doesn't give me as many feelings as the music inside yeah. of the album. 
does. Uh, it, it looks like a self-portrait, <laughs> and, and her eyes kind of it seem does. to be peering into the soul of the listener. I actually, I just had this thought right this second, but I wonder if that is a like a home photo, you know, not a professional photo, because she looks very yeah, young. Maybe a Polaroid of some sort. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Which would make sense because a lot of the protagonists in these songs are young. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Thought of that right. This who time. knows? Who knows? Emily, it has been such a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing, you know, your thoughts about Patty Griffin's Flaming Red. You know, it, this, it seems like this record has uh, continued to influence you in such a profound way, both creatively and personally. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on to talk about it. I, there's nothing I like better than talking about my favorite music. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks so much to Emily Henry for chatting with us on the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Take a moment to tell friends or family about our show and feel free to drop us a line at hello at cover to cover conversations.com. Also, don't forget, feel free, please, please um, uh, give us a review. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Alexandria, Virginia. And we hope you discovered some new music today, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.